Hi, this is Julie Dolan. This is Liz Dolan. This is Sheila Dolan. This is Monica Dolan. This is Leanne Dolan. And you're listening to Satellite Sisters to Satellite Sisters to Go. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation, any conversation, can. any conversation can. I'm not gonna write you a love song. We are the Satellite Sisters. Great to be with you today. Leanne, Liz, and Julie here in the studio. It's hard to describe how much we have to jam into one darn show. I can't believe it. You've done a good job trying to make an outline here for us, but we are just going to be jamming through many, many different things. All right. At one point, all the sisters will be here. You know what it is today. It's the big day. It's the wreath-off, okay? So they may have Sarah Palin in St. Louis, but we have Sarah Sweeney right here on Satellite Sisters. That's right. Monica and Sheila will be joining us. Sarah Sweeney is the decider in our camp, and she is going to be deciding who wins the Intra-Sister Fall Wreath Contest. You still have a few minutes to vote if you'd like to go get some votes in under the wire. That's right. surging at the end. Uh, yes, I am, Julie. That's why I'm encouraging people to continue to vote until the last uh, I possible think the voting. Second. I think it's all cut off right now. No, the polls are open. <laughs> all right. We also should just say we are taping this show before the debate, before the vice presidential debate. So people may be tuning in right now thinking that they're going to hear pithy analysis. Yeah. We can't help you. Right? <laughs> I mean, not right here. Not but tonight. But we can help you on the blog. Right. Mm-hmm. Friday on the blog, we will have our own commentary, and we would love to hear what you think. We don't know what's going to happen tonight, but we'll have plenty of time to discuss it on the blog. So just go to Sister Spot, and you can weigh in. All right. So you want to do that. We are, going, of course, going to talk about the economic bailout package. I have a few questions about it. Julie, you're getting worked Julie up. Julie has the answer. <laughs> I'm hoping. My goodness, am I worked up. And Actually, then Hank Paulson is phoning in. Oh, no, he's not. We don't need Hank Paulson. I got it all figured out. I know exactly what we need to do sisters okay uh we're also going to talk about paul newman on the show Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. was just so sad we had a lot of great remembrances i actually spent a christmas eve with paul newman so you're going to hear all about my christmas eve with paul yeah oh yeah christmas eve with paul entertaining sheila's here did i mention that she has knights and rodanthe you hadn't mentioned that yet i'm dying to know how that movie is it just looks like it's a good one like in a cheese ball yes in a a, yes yes in a cashmere sweater beach house movie kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But occasionally that's what you need in your life. Mm-hmm. And you know, a cashmere sweater, beach house movie. On my fog rolling right, in. Right. On my best day, I feel like I could look like D- Diane Lane. Like yeah. if I really got my act together and stopped eating all the bad things I eat and drinking, I, I would true, look like Leanne. Diane Lane. You could pull that off. <laughs> but you, you still look effort. like Jodie Foster, Leanne. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Just Jewel. more yoga. That's all. <laughs> Thanks, Jewel. Uh, you know, briefly, Steve Fawcett, what do you make of that? What do you think about that? Well, I'm glad that they appear to know where he died. I think that's good. I've, uh, imagine being the hiker that's hiking along in California, and you come across Steve Fawcett's ID. It would be like coming across Amelia Earhart's yeah. ID. You know, no. that would be like a major moment. I'm like, oh my God, Don't you think it's all staged, though? I think it's all phony. Why have they not found his remains? I mean, I, they found the plane. They found all his ID. Well, don't you think he tried to hike out? He tried to save himself, so sooner or later no, they will I think he ran off with another woman. Oh, Julie, I love that. Yes. I love that theory. (laughs) You know, it's funny because my husband, when he heard about like, oh, they found Steve Fawcett and I was listening on the news and they were announcing it because it's it's right. It's here in California. And he was like, who cares about Steve Fawcett? I'm like, "Okay, you're grumpy. I know that you 
economy's made you grumpy, but he's people, in his own personal meltdown. He's, he's like a billionaire, right? And he's got, you know, he's an explorer and he disappeared. People are fascinated yeah. by that. And I hadn't even thought about the conspiracy, Julie, uh, that he's You know, he has his staged his own death. They, you so, know, he, the plane, the idea, he left just enough clues. So now we think, oh, of course he perished in the flight, but maybe he didn't. Maybe perished. I love that word. <laughs> Perished. You know, it did. Make I think me... he went down the hatch. Now that you say that, though, Julie, when you think mm-hmm. about the perfectly burned hundred dollar bills, yes. Did you see the way they no. were photo? Mm-hmm. Well, they were photo- just just to, you know they had ten hundred dollar bills with them. Oh. They were just tinged. You know, Re-burned. with, a, with yes. a little bit of, you know, arts and crafts burn <laughs> around the edges. Maybe we should have a sister burning contest. I, no, I think we should have a satellite sisters fake your own death contest. Let's Liz, see. That is a Because I've been thinking idea. about faking my own death for years. Like, how would I do it? And <laughs> I think I, I might have a shot at faking my own death. Why? Like, what, what prompts this, Liz? Why do you want to fake your own death? Well, I just think because I could win. That's but. <laughs> I mean, you think you'd be the best at faking you're your own death? you're smarter than everyone else? No, Is just because I really have thought about this a long time. Whenever someone disappears, I always wonder, like, okay, how, how, how much time did they spend planning this? Did they really disappear, or is this just one of those Like things? Olivia Newton-John's husband. So, Liz, if you disappear, we'll be like, oh, well, we're not going to go search for her because she just <laughs> faked, faked her, her own, own death. death. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, well, I'll have to have some sort of code word. No, but the whole point of faking your own death is that people don't know you did it. Right. So I won't be leaving a message that, oh, my sisters are allowed to know I'm still alive. No. Heidi Ho. Is that going to be your co-word? <laughs> Heidi Ho. <laughs> um, all right. We do have to talk about more serious things like mm-hmm. faking your own death. I guess we have to talk about this election. As yes. we mentioned, again, we are taping this before the debate coverage. You can go to Sister Spot to read our thoughts about that. But there has been a lot of news. We've seen a lot of interviews now over the mm-hmm. last week with Governor Sarah Palin, kind of what we were waiting for here at Satellite Sisters. Right. And you know what I've been saying all along? This is Liz, is that I think if you really want to inform yourself. You have to go out and listen to the interviews, read the pieces, go get all of the information instead of just the snippets you see on the news. See, I hate the way they've divided this all up. You know, yeah. you'll see one little cut and then maybe you don't get back to see the, right. you know, you don't see it in context. You don't see the range of questions, right. the, the same questions that were asked over and over again. But if you actually look for it, it is all online and there are unedited transcripts mm-hmm. there. So if you care, you can get that information. So I was, you know, that's my position in Lizland is that we have an obligation to go listen to the whole thing, read the whole thing. So I was really kind of alarmed when I saw that Katie Couric's first interview with Governor Palin, uh, there were 1.4 million views on YouTube of when they posted that um, from CBS News. But the parody that Tina Fey did with, uh, on Saturday Night Live at NBC.com, Four million people looked at that. Oh, really? So now you have more people looking at the spoof of the interview than actually looked at the interview. <laughs> but I'm not, Liz, I'm not but... sure what to say about that, except that can't be helpful. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> to Liz. anyone. I just think that just cannot be helpful for as wildly entertaining as it is. Isn't a spoof funnier when you know what they're spoofing? Exactly. How, like, what are you laughing at if you didn't see the original? So anyway. So isn't just that in... the whole, I mean, how do you explain Jon Stewart then? Because I know you seek a lot of your news from Jon Stewart as just a supplement to your C-SPAN news and yes. the YouTube news. I see that as a supplement. I yes. see it as people that have... 
like me, watched everything and then pulled things <laughs> wild, wildly like out of context to create comedy out of it. Yeah. I understand that it's comedy, but I like the fact that they'll bust anyone for anything. They're particularly good on the hypocrisy watch. You know, people that said one thing five years ago and something different now. I enjoy that they give me some context of how people have presented their opinions better than many of the major news organizations that, that pretend to do that. Anyway, I just think if you're going to watch the spoof, you have a moral obligation to watch the original interview. I agree with I'm, you, I'm begging you, please. Well, you know, Liz, that's funny because when I, I did watch all the Katie Couric stuff, and I at, at CBSNews.com, you can go there and watch all of the interviews if you've missed them so far. I thought they were very interesting. It yes. was and I believe there should be thousands of interviews out there with Governor Palin, but this is the one we have, so I watched them all. I found them very interesting. And I have to say, of all the questions that um, Katie Couric asked Governor Palin, the one that really, really threw me was the one when Katie said, what are your regular news sources? What newspapers do you regularly read? And it's kind of to your point, Mm -hmm. because I I believe if you're an elected official at any level, you just have an obligation to inform yourself about Mm -hmm. the world. And so when she didn't say that she read any regular newspapers – you know, she said vague answers like I read them all, whatever people put in front of me. That just was alarming to me. I Because you're to, a newspaper junkie. Right. Huge. You, like, you could, I, I think we all could tick off, you know, here are the news sources yes. we go to every day. Right. Because we do this um, show. And it's we not right. We feel obligated. Yes. I mean, we've always read the newspaper. We are a newspaper mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. We always had a newspaper on the kitchen table. I read it in elementary school. I read mm-hmm. the newspaper in high school. I subscribed in college and read the newspaper. Wow. You know, I, I read the news. Yeah. I read, I, that's when I discovered the L.A. Times. You know, even when I first had a baby and, like, I didn't sleep all night, when I got up and had a cup of coffee, I'd read the newspaper and try to nurse at the same time. Ladies and I gentlemen, just, the future vice president of the United <laughs> States, Leon Dolan. I just don't understand how you know about the world if you don't read the newspaper. And, and I don't say that to be glib. Like, how, no. where, how do we're, you know what's going on if yeah, you don't I, read the newspaper? Yeah, you don't. I, I mean, you, you wouldn't, right? right? That's what you're saying. You wouldn't know what was going on in the world right. unless you, you sought out the information. Right. And, like, now, of all times in our history, it is so easy to read the newspaper. You can read online. You yeah. don't have to have home delivery of the New York Times. And I don't really care what newspaper you're reading. Yeah. But I See, think- I almost thought that she was just had a brain freeze right at that moment because it's hard to believe she's, she, wasn't re- she doesn't read the local newspapers in Alaska. I, so I, it was, I, I'm, I agree with you. And if she's not reading pe- newspapers, she should take it up. That's yeah, I know, Julie, but- I think it was even more. <laughs> Don't than- you think it's too late, though? If she hasn't, de- <laughs> no, I'm saying newspaper reading is a habit. Yeah. And at this point in your mid-40s, if you haven't figured out, Hmm, I wonder what's happening in the world. People I should can... read a newspaper. Mm-hmm. I just, at that point, I feel like it's too late. I think it's part of your job. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when we, we've interviewed many people to work on Satellite Sisters right. as our producers. Mm-hmm. Yes. And one question we've asked every job candidate we ever have is, what newspapers do you read? What news sources do you go to every day? Just to see if people are intellectually curious about mm-hmm. what's going on in the world. Right. And the people that have no answer to that, you cannot be an associate producer of Satellite Sisters <laughs> if you can't name a handful of newspapers and other online news sources that you go to just because you care. Yeah. And, and again, I- just to give her the benefit of the doubt, the only thing, the only other thought I had was, you know, she thought if she 
you know, if she gave some specific newspapers, it would, I, I don't know, it would seem biased or not biased. I don't know. I don't know what was going on in the governor's mind at that moment, um, but you should read newspapers. That's the problem the with hearing from her so rarely, I right. think, yes. is that it becomes like the Kremlinologists who would look at the parades in Red Square and try to figure out well, who's standing next to who. You know, just because you just, when you don't know a lot about someone and you only have little bits of information, mm-hmm. you start to... Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah. Any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the Framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are going to be happy, okay? Yeah. And that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what what I'm recommending. (laughs) Either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones, and as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, 
chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. And it is a character-revealing question, and it's not a stumper. No. I, I don't think no, it's – Because it if was you intended. have a regular newspaper habit, I mean, I read the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, the Pasadena Star News. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, those are the good. three pa- – it's not a stumper to, right. to people right. who well, regularly just... read the newspaper. Like, oh, yeah, what's the name of that paper? Oh, the Wall Street Journal. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not – you know, it's not a stumper question. Mm-hmm. So to me, of all the questions, I just thought, that's – wow, she's got a – Got to get on that because I don't know how you know what's happening in right. the world. That's very important. Hey, you know what I was doing to inform myself this week's uh, sisters? John Zogby, president of Zogby International. You know him. He's the hottest pollster in the U.S. He does polls. <laughs> hot in what sense? Ooh, hot. He is the hottest. Hot I mean, in terms of being able to predict, he was on to, for example, in 2000, you know, in that election when initially all the polls were saying George Bush was going to win. It was Zogby's poll that said, uh-uh, Gore is coming, Gore is surging, you know, this is going to be really tight. And um, so he, you know, he does poll- polling for MSNBC, for Fox News, for CNBC. He does it for a wide range of companies. So he was here in Dallas. He was speaking at SMU. He was on a book tour, which was kind of annoying because the book had nothing to do with the election. So oh. I had to oh, I had to sit through. And he came out at the beginning and he said, look, here's how it's going to work tonight. I'm going to tell you about my book. You're going to buy your book. And then I'm going to tell you about the election. So he gave us that little teaser, you know, that we if we hung around, he would actually talk about the election because I think he he is really, you know, he's an excellent pollster. So. Finally, when he got to talking about the election, he saw five big things. Number one, he said, writing, I'm writing this down. You should write this down. Number one, we are in a serious crisis. Duh. That's his first point. Okay. Okay. And he's saying duh because he said people, our political institutions do not realize this. You know, he said the president has a has an approval rating of 27 percent. Congress has an approval rating of 9%. He said, and just as a point of comparison, he did a national poll during the O.J. Simpson murder trial, Mm -hmm. and that during the murder trial, O.J. was polling at 16%. (laughs) Okay. okay. So just compare to comparison. That is that's, a, that's good. He <laughs> said the other big trend that he expects to see in this election is a return to the center. He said that is the center, you know, the center voters, you know, slightly right, slightly left, they are going to decide this election. He said it's not uh he said and that the big disconnect going on in the US is that when he polls all across the country, he finds that people are not as hyper-partisan as they are in within the Beltway. He said, if you go within the Beltway right now, he said it, the partisanship is worse than the Civil War period. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's how he described wow. it. And he was, he's a history professor first, pollster second. 
I think that's really true, Julie, about the hyper-partisanship. I think that's why those campaign spokespeople are so annoying. Right. Because they never say anything interesting. They're just, they stick to their talking points. You can almost predict before a debate happens what everyone is going to say the moment it's over. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, when you see them last week on Meet the Press, when there was the Bush spokesman, I mean, the, the, the McCain spokesman and the Obama spokesman, it's like, it's just not interesting to hear them firing away at each other that way. No. When obviously we're trying to find a new path here. We're in these uncharted waters. Exactly. It would be nice if people recognized that we're muddling through this together. Well, and that's, the, I mean, that's what he's seeing with American voters, that they are, they are not as hyperpartisan as within the Beltway. He said this, this probably was the most startling thing he said. Katrina, not 9-11, was the, is really the defining moment of the last eight years. You know, and, I... Okay, and here's okay, the reason why, because yeah. he said government, it, Katrina showed that government at all levels was broken. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he said when he polls on this area, it wasn't just about Bush, it is about all lever, levels that our government failed so miserably in Katrina that that is much more of a defining moment. He said what people want now is he said they want problem solvers. He said they want elected officials. He want They want a president that will work with the opposition, that will run the government, not let the government run, run, run us, and that, you know, that will be effective with the military, that they people want some problems solved mm-hmm. and that they are going to vote that way this time. You know, he wouldn't say, you know, he didn't he didn't handicap one candidate or the other, but he was saying that these are the big trends. Don't and you he, think Julie, sorry, I didn't intend to interrupt, no, but that's yeah. why that's why the public backlash to the bailout plan Ex- came as such a surprise to people inside the beltway because exactly. they do not realize what you're saying, but the rest of us of course do that we we just didn't have confidence in our government that no matter what the plan was and no matter what it was going to cost that they were going to be able to execute it. Exactly. Exactly right. And that's the big disconnect and these, you know, a lot of these congressmen, senators, they're in these safe seats they are just somehow they are you know they are not listening to their constituents but people you know american voter knows they know when their government is not working but he he was he did his final comment and he felt that both candidates you know whichever way it goes he felt like this election will really be about transformation that we cannot proceed the same way that mm-hmm. you know we have we've got and that you know after november the next year we're going to see remarkable transformations w- with our government. So okay. how about that? Dramatic. Wow, good reporting. Thank you. See, Thank I like you. these primary sources. <laughs> this yes. is good. Go to the source. Get the information. You have to discuss. Get, and I didn't even buy the book. I just <laughs> oh, good for you. Just took the notes. Oh, you showed him. You really showed him. Way to go. All right. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. Of course, the big finale of the wreath contest. That's what America wants to know. That's where the voting really counts. I think a centrist candidate is going to win. It's my prediction. (laughs) We're the Satellite Sisters. And this October, I am excited to be writing a series of articles for MakingLifeBetter.com. Now, we've told you about MakingLifeBetter.com on Satellite Sisters. It's a great resource for moms and families to maximize their time with recipes, coupons, tips, everything you need to know about beauty, style, vitality, and wellness. Well, I am going to be writing a series of articles for the Home and Family Channel, sisters. And I am going to be giving people my family-tested tips to cut the chaos. And this week... My area of expertise Uh is sports 
parenting. Oh, that is an area of expertise for you, Leanne. Would you say I've spent thousands of hours on the sideline? Like many parents. Certainly you have, Leanne. Would you say that I've used thousands of gallons of sunscreen while I've watched my kids play basketball and baseball and soccer and football and everything there is to play? Certainly, yes. Yes, you have. And I have confessed to you that in the past, I have displayed some bad sports parenting behavior. Yes, you have. And I have That's how we learn, Leanne. And I have revealed that I'm reformed. Yes. I remember the moment when I was saying to my husband, what is the matter with him? Why won't he pick up his man? When I was watching my son play basketball and he said, because he's eight, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this week, here's just one of the tips I'm going to give you about great sports parenting that I have learned. Do not celebrate excessively. All right, nothing is more exciting when the kid's running down the field and scores the goal. When your kid, okay? But it's not that exciting for the other kids on the field. So it's okay to cheer. Just don't go crazy. Because Mm -hmm. remember, they're all kids out there on that field. Don't go nuts. No thunder sticks, people. You understand? (laughs) No, we understand that. And we went to your son's games this weekend. So we appreciate it, Leanne. All right. So for more of my sports parenting tips to cut the chaos, you can go to makinglifebetter.com. Oh, there's more. Oh, this is just one of many. Oh, I thought that was everything you had to say on this. No, no, no. Life-changing tips for sports (laughs) parents at makinglifebetter.com. It's on the Home and Family channel. Or you can go to making makinglifebetter.com slash sisters and you can also find my articles there. Nice. Remember, makinglifebetter.com that's what your satellite sisters are for. listening to Satellite Sisters, Leon, Liz, and Julie here coming up later on in the show. Sheila and Monica will be joining us along with Sarah Sweeney for the big wreath vote. And then entertaining Sheila's here with some, you know, bogus movie about a beach house and romance, <laughs> Nights and Rodanthe. Uh, you know, I just want to mention that Making Life Better, Liz, the sports parenting article, we're going to be talking about your comments. And I'm getting questions now. You are? Oh, yeah. I'm oh, getting people actually, are actually treating you like an expert? A- asking me for advice. So if you have any questions, I'm going to be dealing with that on Monday's show. <laughs> and so you can just go to SatelliteSisters.com. Another way to get to it is just click on the banner for Making Life Better. Mm-hmm. That will take you right yeah, to the... Yeah, that's a nice, easy way yeah, to get that'll there. that'll take yeah. you right to the spot where my article is, and then you just click on my picture. And oh. you can feel free to tell me how good it's my headshot looks. It's a very nice new picture. <laughs> Thank really. you, Julie. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Mm-hmm. I like the jewelry. Yeah, it was nice accessories. All right, so here's the story with the financial situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe you guys can You've help me out. You've got the story? Yeah. It's just, I, I'll listen to, like, one guy, a House Republican, and well, mm-hmm. he sounds right. Oh, yeah, right. We <laughs> yeah. shouldn't pay one dime. And then I'll read Thomas Friedman in the New York Times, and, well, he's not quite, yeah, maybe we should pay this. Okay, that sounds good. And then today I heard a guy in the coffee bean talking about the financial, <laughs> and I agreed with his bailout plan, too. I am so in over my head on this. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's $700 billion. Who is supposed to know what the right answer to this is? That's we my are position. Here, I, here's, here's what I've concluded after we all lost a trillion dollars this week on uh-huh. the stock market. You just have to work it out yourself. That's what, <laughs> that's really? what I think. I have, I have a whole, you know, last week was so bad. This week seems worse because Congress is involved. But I just, I have made some parameters, Liz, that I feel are going to help me through this crisis. Oh. And I want to share them with you. Okay, Number so one, the personal Julie Dolan bailout plan? Yes. Uh, these are just, this is a guideline for the bailout. Number right. one, I want these words to stop. Main Street versus Wall Street. Could we <laughs> just stop that? I know. I'm totally I mean, with you there. I, I mean, in the presidential debate, I counted seven times. They said Main Street versus Wall Street. 
No more talking pork, about pork barrels either. Okay, we just that it has got to go. You know, I was with a group of people the other night that we got into a long discussion about what is a pork barrel anyway. <laughs> I looked I mean, it up. I mean, we know what the phrase means, but yeah. we don't know like what is the derivation of what is a barrel of pork. I, I looked it up after that conversation because I was there too on Wikipedia, and even then, it's not clear. It comes from like some 1892 editorial. All right. So the idea is that like you're just throwing everything in the pot, but okay. even that derivation was questioned. All right. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Email us. Okay, we'd like to know. All right, I, you have to stop with the pictures of the Wall Street traders with their heads in their hands. <laughs> I, and I'm sick of the pictures of the senators looking gloomy and concerned. Okay, stop that. Yeah, it is okay. a hard photo op. Mm-hmm. They crash. Yes. I, the hedge fund people, they should be quiet. That's yeah, what I think. Because, they should shut up. Because now, you, if you're reading, hedge funds, as far as I know, are more unregulated than investment banks. That's correct. And they expect to gain from this situation. So I think they should. And they make even more money mm-hmm. than investment bankers. Right. Are, you, are you hedging anything now? <laughs> I have, there's no hedging. But you have a hedge, at least. I have a hedge. I don't even own a hedge. Okay, you're in real trouble. Okay. <laughs> A little note to Warren Buffett. You know, he's he's been out there, but he's really got to stop with those analogies where he's talking about the economic time bomb, or this week he referred to it as the economic Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Okay, please, Warren, just stick to buying companies. He bought he bought most of GE this week. Yeah. He's bought that Goldman Sachs. That's very good. Now, here's a, you know what, Warren? Satellite Sisters. <laughs> Uh, yes. Excellently. And now you're thinking. We are available. See, totally available to put, just wrap us right into the GE Goldman Sachs family. family. <laughs> see, Satellite that's you have to sisters, think about this. Warren. But we have to stay focused. You know, Liz, you were mentioning before that most people like the Tina Fey, you know, the comedy version rather than the real version. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I went to ABC News and I was looking at the what were the top stories. Number one is top story is about the financial bailout. But right behind, the second most popular story is who is responsible for Heather Locklear's DUI. Yeah. You see, oh, this is Heather. the kind of... <laughs> Leanne, see, Leanne does care about I that. Just, I feel for her. I know. You've got to stay focused, Leanne. Okay. You've got to stay focused, stay focused on this. Okay, you're you right. have to stay focused on this. Because some of the details of this $700 billion bailout, it doesn't really reflect much of a focus. Do you realize, for example... That we are going to be paying $192 million to subsidize rum export tax? You know, I saw those taxes yes. that the Senate threw, threw on there. Yes. Yeah. What's what do that you think about? about? Is that for the it's for the good pirates? People. It's for the good people of Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. <laughs> Sorry. Not pirates. <laughs> pirates. I know you posted Arr. about pi- pirates. There's an audio blog oh, at SatelliteSisters.com right. about the pirates I, The today. INRU is up on the blog. Arr. Okay. Or how about $400 million for film and t- uh, TV production, tax deductions, for, um, for film companies to produce films in the U.S.? Here's what I mean. At this point, like compared to seven hundred billion, whatever four hundred million. I no, mean, Leanne, what is the guy at the you... coffee bean think about this? Because I don't know. Okay, Leanne, do you have a position on the wool trust fund? Just Be- as long as people can make payroll, that's all they're talking right. about now. When did payroll get into the mix? It is amazing yeah. that that's in there. The wool trust fund is getting one hundred and fifty million dollars and a hundred million dollars for land improvement for motorsports racetracks. Are you kidding me? <laughs> really? Yes, Lynn. It's all somebody's for that. See, yes. this is why people are reading the Heather Locklear story. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Okay. Because, so, so, and you're telling me there's not one thin dime in there. 
for satellites. <laughs> no, I know this is wrong. That is totally wrong. Okay, so you know you what? You know what would it cost to produce the show five days a week? Like nothing. <laughs> yes. They could have it. Well, maybe we should contact the American Wool Association to see if we can just sort of get some of that money. Uh, yeah. I mean, I hate wool, but <laughs> wool, wool makes me. Okay. Yeah. okay, you can go with the wool. Stop saying that. It okay. could be our only hope. could be the Satellite Sisters Rescue Bailout. Our bailout. Okay. But if I'm going to pay all that money, I want some good TV. And my final point is I believe that we should have some good old-fashioned Watergate-style hearings to go along with this. I want them to drag every one of those whippersnapper CEOs in front of Congress, and I want them to ask them all those horrible questions, Mm -hmm. and I want them to explain... Uh, here's my question. Okay, this is uh, if I was if I was a congresswoman, this would I want them to explain what their typical day is like. These CEOs that were making seventeen thousand dollars an hour. Just tell me what you do every day. I want to hear what you did from nine to ten o'clock in the morning to justify <laughs> that kind of salary. Seventeen G's. Right. All right. Okay. Talking uh, tough on the financial all right. crisis, I, I Congresswoman like, Julie Dolan. Okay. All I right. like the idea of hearings. Well, you know, this is Liz. I I've mentioned before on satellites sisters that on Sundays I contribute to a show on the radio in Australia where they call me, believe it or not, and they ask me what happened in America this week. And I explain what happened in America. They don't read newspapers in Australia either. (laughs) They just count on lists. Julie, they're unbelievably well informed about what's going on in America. As you know, from having lived in other countries, Mm -hmm. they know a lot more about us than we know about them. So this past Sunday They called at their normal time, and the discussion was about the bailout plan. Mm -hmm. Well, I had just finished watching Secretary Paulson speak to Tom Brokaw on Meet the Press and George Stephanopoulos on This Week because I've got the double TiVo, and I can do both shows at the same time. So So reassuring. So I was doing my best. And preparing for your job. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's my job is to be informed about what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. Exactly, Leanne. So – it was very sober on Sunday. I sort of explained. I was channeling Hank Paulson, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, here's what's going to go on. Here's what's in the plan. It's all going to be good. Tomorrow they'll vote. You know, the markets will be all settled down. It's about credit. You know, Paulson was explaining, don't watch the Dow go up and down. You have to go underneath. You have to look at what's happening with the credit markets. So I'm explaining this to the nice people of Australia. And I think I'm being very convincing. And apparently I was because they thanked me for being uh, very informative. And mm-hmm. that's it. Then all of a sudden, on uh, Tuesday morning, my mm-hmm. phone rings, and it's my cell phone, and I look at it, and I see that the phone number of the people that are calling me, calling me is in a foreign country. You know, <laughs> I can tell from the little code. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh-oh, this is not good. And I answer it, and it's Nate from ABC Newcastle. Okay, Newcastle is a place in Australia. So basically they're calling back the day after the market crashed right. and the day after everything I said was true turned out to be false. Yeah. yeah. So they call me back on Tuesday and they're like, what are you people doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> so now I have to explain how I could have been so wrong on Sunday. Liz. And it made me feel bad. What did you I say? Think you what did you say? It made me feel like one of those inside the beltway people, Julie, that I actually was just taking what Hank Paulson said, and I was listening to all the congressional leadership, because they were all on the Sunday talk shows, too, and it was all going to be fine, mm-hmm. and we'd worked it all out, and I was just sort of repeat, it goes to show. You just repeat the talking points you hear from mm-hmm. the people in power, and frequently they are incorrect. Did you use the phrase Wall Street versus Main Street? You know what? Like you, Julie, 
I was so sick of that that I went out of my way not, not to say good, that. Good work, Liz. You good know, work. but I kept stumbling over sort of various ways to say the effect on the middle class, the effect on regular people, the effect on. But it was funny. So this is in my cell, on my cell phone. I'm driving around with Monica. So Monica and I are in the car together. We're driving through Portland, Oregon, and I'm talking to ABC Newcastle on the radio, and she's just laughing, listening to me again, (laughs) try to very poorly explain to everyone in Australia what is going on in the United States financial markets. So I just, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to say this Sunday. I got, I got nothing. Maybe I should just be quoting the guy from the coffee bean, Leah. <laughs> yeah, I think he was very astute. You might just want to go back there after the show and yeah, see what he has to say. Yeah, call for congressional hearings. That will be good. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. Use that line. Yeah, yeah. Use yeah. that line. All right. Well, we are calling for a congressional hearing right now. Yes, it's the wreath vote, people. Coming up on the show, Sarah Sweeney is going to be here, our webmaster from New York City. She is the decider. She's taken your votes into account. She's taken our wreaths into account. And she is going to name the winner. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. Oh, you are listening to Satellite Sisters to go, wow, our hearts are pounding here in the Beverly Hills studio. Of course, Julie and Monica, both with with us for the big wreath off. Uh, how, how are you guys doing in Dallas? How are you doing, Portland? Everybody okay? My I feel hand. confident. You feel confident. Okay, yes. way to go, Monica. If you've been missing this... We have been holding over the last week another Satellite Sisters Intra-Sister Challenge. You requested that we make fall wreaths. We made the wreaths. They have been up on our website for a week. Votes have been pouring in. Well, let's face it. They've been pouring in for everybody's but mine. <laughs> so well, maybe I, just your voting machines were broken, Leanne. Sort may, of a Florida butterfly ballot situation. Hanging Chad, Liz. Is that what you're saying? I'll, I'll take it, Liz. I'll take it because it was humiliating for me, former champion on the tablescaping. But that's okay. I'm going to rebound. So here now with the deciding vote, the decider, if you will, our webmaster, Sarah Sweeney from New York City. Woo-hoo! Hi, Sarah. Hello, hello. <laughs> you know, Sarah, you got a lot of love on the blog because people kept saying, boy, I don't know how Sarah's going to do it. Did you have a methodology for deciding your vote? I mean, don't tell us now who won, but just have you been up late at night wondering who am I going to vote for? Well, I got to tell you, this has been a particularly rough week for me. I mean, really, no sleep. And, yeah. Uh, just visions of wreaths dancing in my head. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but uh, my methodology was quite simple. I decided to look at everybody's wreaths first and mm-hmm. then read the comments on the blog. So okay. that I could be mm-hmm. uh, influenced to see if my thinking went along with uh, the the voters on the block. Okay. That sounds objective, Sarah. Right. No, that's what Julie hopes, because yeah. Julie, yeah. like, scored Julie. a lot of votes on the block. All right. I'm trying to... We did have to... a record number of comments on the blog. Well, let's talk about... Ama- I was amazed, yeah. Let's talk about the comments. I mean, I didn't get any for my reads, so I'm just <laughs> oh, going to have to open Leanne. it up. To... I got three, Sarah. I mean, I just... <laughs> I mean, okay. I got four for my swag, Leanne, so don't feel bad. I think you got more than four. When you got more than me, I... Uh, that's... <laughs> that's when you withdrew. That's where Very I withdrew. Funny. <laughs> but a couple people called my swag this is sheila simple and elegant and people also appreciated that my statement about my swag had the most personality well okay. i wouldn't say that I, wouldn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> okay, I just made that yes up. you did i mean from the first this is julie from the first blog post that melissa put up i mean she said my wreath brought tears to her eyes 
tears to her No eyes. comments. No comment. No comment. <laughs> Do you want us to cry now? I mean... No, but I think people got my traditional, classic, sentimental wreath. That's what Sue in New Jersey called it. And Sandy, who I think is sort of a part-time pollster, she realized that I had pretty much locked up the mother vote, the grandmother vote, and the all-important soft remembrance vote. <laughs> Now, Monica, you and I both made hydrangea wreaths. Yours surged ahead in the voting. Can you explain? <laughs> well, you know, Leon, a lot of people said my wreath sort of represented simple elegance. And, you know, they said, one woman said, I, I was picking beauty out of the jaws of disaster. I know you wanted to emphasize the fact that my wreath wasn't a hundred percent natural. Some I didn't want to emphasize anything. <laughs> I, I had my own statement, but go ahead. Now I, I don't know at what it. point you were trying to sort of pass off your hydrangea wreath as being the only one that used real flowers <laughs> from your real backyard yeah. that was really grown in real <laughs> dirt. Yeah, I told you. Those hydrangeas are mine. My hydrangeas on my wreath are 100% real. They were only accented by the silk flowers that I had to buy at Michael's. This is going to be some Thanksgiving at our house. I know. Um, I I thought mine, you know, I I do have my voting block. My -hmm. voting block are the people that go for just very simple design statements Autumn elegance, simple elegance. I think that was the word that we used a lot. Lush-looking foliage, even if it was plastic. Um, best use of greens and purples. Well, there you go. All right. And then, and then Liz, you went with the high-concept wreath. I did, Leah. And I had the concept of my, my wreath says vote across it, and it was red, white, and blue. I just decided to go very high-concept. And for me, this fall season is all about the election. Mm-hmm. Now, because it was about the election, my wreath did spark some controversy. People do not agree on some of the basic things. For instance, Susan in Maryland wrote on the blog that she could not get past the fact that the wreath was not circular. Mm-hmm. So Susan believed that this was change, but not change she could believe in. Oh. You know? So she, she wasn't willing to go all the way. And Carla wrote that it does look like a cake. I think one of you had accused me of nailing yes. an ice cream cake to my front door. It was cake-like, yes. <laughs> but she just wanted to congratulate me for embracing my inner crafter. And Sabrina was sort of on that same, in writing in that same vein, too, because she wrote, Liz doesn't usually feel like she's at the same level with the rest of the sisters oh. in these competitions. So I think I was getting the civic-minded vote and the sympathy vote, mm-hmm. which might be enough to to clinch it, but we don't know that until Sarah Sweeney tells I us. I think you also got the anarchist vote. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people just voting for your wreath because it's a novelty. Hmm. Yeah, because well, it was, oh, there was somebody else who wrote, oh, Roberta, in her comment, I liked the way she put the word wreath in quotes. Oh. Like she, <laughs> it was not really a wreath, it was a air quote wreath. <sighs> all right, so Sarah Sweeney, you looked at the wreaths, you took all this into account, you did take the actual vote tally into account. Now, we want to... Like they do on Idol, we want to eliminate a couple of sisters. I have already withdrawn my wreath from competition. I think everyone saw the wreath statement uh, as issued by a campaign spokesperson. Yes, I can quit. No, it's all right. She can quit. She cannot quit, Sheila. Okay, well, well, it's easier to quit when you're losing. I'm losing. You know, I quit. (laughs) Does it really count as quitting? It's sort of.
sort of, you know, if you're right. not in Kids it. What going to say, Liam? What would Coach say, Liam? I don't care, Julie. I could, the wreath quit. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, Sarah, can you tell us the two finalists, in your opinion, and then we're going to hear final statements from the finalists. Okay, before I do that, though, Leanne, I just want to say that I, I didn't see that many negative comments. In fact, I didn't see any negative comments about your wreath. One person did say that she had a hard time getting past the ribbon. Mm-hmm. Do you but, have to bring that up on the air again? <laughs> I, I can't even tell you. She grew to accept it. I think a lot of people said nice use of plaid and that it was preppy and it was simply gorgeous. So I think your wreath's being a little sensitive. Gotta say. My wreath is very you, sensitive. You should have a little talk with that. It's a time of month for the wreath. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, anyway, really, everybody did such a great job. And uh, honestly, and, and I'm not just saying that because I love you guys. Thanks, um, Sarah. I've always wanted to go to Bryant Park. <laughs> Please. Okay, go, go, Sarah. Tell okay, us. well, the hydrangeas actually, for me, did cancel out Monica and Leanne, unfortunately. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's the only reason, not because they weren't beautiful, but because you both did hydrangeas, I figured, okay, got to cancel those out. I like it. I'm in the final three. I love it. Okay, go, Sarah. Stay on your couch. I I really love the fact that so many people were surprised at how well your wreath turned out. Right. With saying something, but I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. However, I did think that the top two were Julie and Liv. I think they deserve to be in the top two. They do. I think that was clear Mm -hmm. from the votes and everything. Mm -hmm. Now, again, remember, this is before I read all the comments. So, so far, the the voters and I are on the same page. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, Julie, uh, would you like to make a final design statement? Okay. I just, as I'm thinking about this, that no matter what happens, Liz, (laughs) no matter what happens, I did this for mom because, you know, I dedicated the, my wreath to mom because I wanted it to be all about fall and the traditional Connecticut, Connecticut classic falls that we had. And I, that's why I use traditional colors and traditional materials, and I put it on my traditional door. It just reminded me a lot of growing up in Connecticut <laughs> and of our mother and her talents to be able to go out into the woods and gather these things. So it's, even even it's Kia is shaking her head in the, in the studio. It's true. It was for mom. It was a great journey. That's what I want. Oh, oh, mother. It was. I mean, I haven't had many Connecticut Falls. I've lived all over the world, so it was great fun for me to put this together in a traditional way. All right. It's a very nice final statement. Uh, Liz, would you like to make a final statement? All right. Mine is not about mom. (laughs) I knew there's no way you're going to get closer to mom than Julie does. So in the execution of all things having to do with homemaking, uh, Sarah, I'm just talking to you now, Sarah Sweeney. You know me. You know I am never going to get any closer than this. In, in oh, one, this is the sympathy In vote? one of these crafting contests, this is the best I am ever going to be able to do, which means if I am ever going to win one of these contests, it has to be now, Sarah. It has to be. You have to vote for change. You have to, you have to embrace the theme. So it's just, I'm just, I'm talking to you, Sweeney. Mm-hmm. This, that's all I can say. 
This is note the, of desperation there, this Liz. This is your huh? moment, Liz? This is, that... is my moment, yes. This is the, I know, I know this is the best I'm ever going to do. So say, for instance, you didn't pick me now. I, well, then I'm pretty much just out. You're not going to have Liz Dolan to kick around in <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, this is unfair. I, now I feel badly for Sarah because I thought the final design statements would be short and sweet. I didn't realize it was going to get maudlin and sympathetic and pathetic in many ways. Okay, Sarah, uh, it, is, it is the moment now. Wait a uh, minute. Can I just hold Liz's hand before it was <laughs> Okay, Liz, let's yes. just hold on. Liz, holding Liz's virtual hand, this is exciting, the two top sisters facing off, as they had the, have their whole life, really. And, and the three of us, the JV team. Yeah, that's it. Kicking back. All right, Sarah. No pressure. Power's in your hands. The winner of this intra-sister contest, the Fall Wreath Contest. Okay, well, in my best Ryan Seacrest imitation, yes. the winner of the fall wreath is coming after this break. <laughs> um, okay, Julie, everybody loved your tribute to mom, as you said. I love the comment that says it screams fall. And I must say that the popular vote did get you uh, with people wanting your wreath for their own doors. Liz. Yes, Ryan. You got outside the box more times than I could count. Uh, you also got one vote for vice president. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else uh, on the board wondered if you had been locked in Michael's. <laughs> and the word whimsical was used for your wreath, which kind of puzzled me a little. Because there's nothing really about Liz Dolan that strikes me as whimsical. <laughs> so... Taking all this into account and using my own eyes and my own judgment, the winner of the September Intrasister Contest for Fall Reef is Liz Dole. Oh! <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Do I have to sing something yes, now? Yes, you have to sing that David Cook song, <laughs> This Is The Moment, or whatever that song is. Julie, uh, you did a marvelous job recreating Mom's beautiful, glorious wreath. It is lovely, and I'm sure you've gotten a lot of kudos from your neighbors. Yes, I have a lot of pie. It's for Mom. I did it for Mom. No, so. Julie, are you, are you okay? Are you crying? Are you verklempt? Uh, I, I just can't really speak about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Liz, this is a thrill for you and a singular experience, yeah, I'm sure. It, it better be a singular experience. Okay. Yeah, I just needed one. And right. now I can die happy. Now I'm, I'm happy to participate in all future intrasister competitions, but I feel like I've made my mark now with one. And I've. So thank you. Thank you, everyone who voted for me, and even people who didn't. Mm. I, I know that you wanted to, but felt like my untraditional choice. You just couldn't, you couldn't go Sympathy. Sympathy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's what's exciting. We are going to announce right now the next intrasister competition because now we're fired up. I mean, some of us have a lot of, uh, of baggage, uh, baggage. Some of us have things to prove. And some, some of us have a glue gun. Some of, <laughs> some of us are bitter and angry and armed with a glue gun. So here we go. All right. For the month of October, mm-hmm. this is it. We are going to have, we got this suggestion a lot and we feel like we've taken it to the next level. We are going to have a Halloween Cons- Halloween costume 
contest. Yes. Oh, okay. goodness, I locked up September. I know. So here's what's going to happen. And you do not have immunity. So yeah. everyone must participate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Sheila, you've not won yet, have you? No, I'm, I think this is going to be mine. Okay, Jessica, Wait, you know I love turn dressing up? into a birthday party that everybody has to win? <laughs> I think okay. the best people should win. <laughs> Okay, Sarah. so here, here's how it's going to work in October. In the next couple of weeks, you're going to see on our website uh, some information. We're doing this in conjunction with MakingLifeBetter.com. They have picked out three adult Halloween costumes. And by that, I do not mean naughty nurse costumes. I know it has nothing to do with the adult film industry. It's costumes for adults, okay? And they have picked out three costumes. You will be voting on which one the sisters will make. So we'll all be making the same costume, mm-hmm. okay? They'll be fairly traditional Halloween costumes. Uh, we don't know what they are yet, but you will see them when we see them. You vote, and then we will all do our interpretation of that one costume. How are people feeling about that? I'm feeling excellent. Who's I already the judge know- oh. for this contest. You know what? We do not have a judge locked down yet. Sarah has done her job here. We're gonna we're working on a on maybe a more impartial judge. I mean, not like Sarah's partial. She's just we're gonna relieve <laughs> she, her. She knows uh, us. Oh. It's a tremendous burden to be the judge of the interest sister competition. So we are working on a judge. We'll announce that. Uh, we'll announce that later. All right, Sarah, you've done a fantastic oh, job. Sarah, Sarah, great job. Oh, hey, wow. great job, everybody. Really. We thank you for your time and your efforts, and um, and I'm sure Liz will be contacting you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Uh, it made me very, very happy. All right, so uh, stay tuned for entertaining Sheila. She's coming up. Nights in Rodenthe. Wow, I love Diane Lane. <laughs> yeah, She's my right. role model. Okay, I well, I love you her. wait. All right, we're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. Leon and Julie here. And if you haven't been going to Sister Spot, the Satellite Sisters blog, what's up with you? Because there are things <laughs> happening in the world every day. And Julie, there are things happening at Sister Spot every darn day. That's exactly right, Leon. You know, this week we have the International News Roundup is going to be at Sister Spot. So you don't want to miss that because I have the latest information, breaking news about pirates. Now, you know, that was a joke initially, but now we have a very serious pirate situation. You just, it's still a joke to me. I know it's serious, but it's still a joke, Jewel. Leon, the pirates have tanks, so you need to pay attention. Okay, so INRU this week at the blog. But, you know, a lot of things are happening in the world, and I'm sure you're thinking, I wonder what the Satellite Sisters are thinking about this particular story. Go to the blog, because we are there every day, two, three, four times a day, posting what we're thinking about whatever. Right, Jewel? That's right. And also, Leanne, be sure that you read the comments. That's where the real action is. Oh, yeah. We post a blog post, and then the comments, things take off. People, things happen. You write on my blog, I write on your blog, and then... The sister spotters take over, Lee, and so it, it really goes in a different direction. And sometimes we comment on the comments, so it's not enough just to read the comments once. I mean, you have to go back several days in a row to it's read the li- comments. It's a lifestyle, Lee, and let's just face it. <laughs> hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. <laughs> the book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz, my hair from Prose is getting great reviews. Leon, I am not surprised. You have been on that Prose hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. 
Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when it's, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Lian's. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day... Just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. Skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, Liz. A youthful glow is going to (laughs) happen. And it's infused with Osea's signature Undaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. 
Thanks, Osea. All right, that is the Satellite Sisters blog. How do you get to it? Very easy. You go to SatelliteSisters.com. You can click on the sister spot right there on the homepage. More of Satellite Sisters to go coming up. Double feature, I'm a rock and roller, she's a science teacher. I send her looks, they don't reach her, she does not know I'm in love with her. La la la, I'm in love with the four-eyed girl. She knows how to move me. Now. This is entertaining, Sheila, everyone, and this week it is Nights in Rodanthe. This movie was hysterical. I mean, my side was splitting. I was doubled over. I mean, this movie should be made into a graphic novel. It is so funny. I mean, it is just so... I didn't think it was a comedy. Well, it was, Liz. It was when I got there because, I mean, this this movie is so incredulously stupid. (laughs) I mean, it is... Incredulously stupid? Yeah. I mean, can it get any stupider than that? I mean, Richard Gere is basically running like a fool on the beach for most of the movie, all right? (laughs) Then you get computer-generated Rodanthe, a fictional town off the outer banks of the Florida Keys, all right? And then I had to, I had to, you know, I had to... There are no outer banks in the Florida Keys. Whatever, the outer banks. You're either a key or you're an outer bank. So it's a blending. It's it's nowhere, all right? I... But I had to stay until the last scene, which was totally predictable. That was a riot. I mean, every line in the movie is a foreshadowing of what's to come. Oh. And every blatantly obvious attempt at dialogue was just another vehicle to get to the next scene. Oh, I think the weather's coming up. Oh, I wonder if there's going to be a storm. I mean, it was just like, it was a riot. I mean, I mean, basically, someone had said to me, if you go see this movie, you will begin menopause that day. <laughs> So I just figured, let's get it over with, all right? <laughs> it stars Richard Gere and Diane Lane. Oh, it's a Nicholas Sparks book. Of course, he wrote The Notebook. I mean, okay, The Which Notebook was good, Sheila. Was good because Ryan Gosling, because of the scene coming in from the rain, the picnic table, we all remember, all right? That's what I thought we would get with Richard Gere and Diane Lane, Lane. At least one good scene. Right. Right? Well, because they, they had that other movie. They're kind of a hot couple. They are a hot couple indeed. But I want to tell you this. Sometimes schmaltz can be good. And sometimes schmaltz can be bad. <laughs> now, we expect schmaltz to be cornball and right. sappy. <laughs> but I personally cannot handle schmaltz that's like soupy and dripping and sentimentality laden down like a regurgitated slop. I mean, wow. bring, bring mm. me a bib. I mean, I was so drenched. <laughs> After nights in Rodanthe and chicken fat, I had to take a, ri- a shower. And, I mean, the whole movie, it's raining for two days in Rodanthe. So, I mean, I'm telling you, seriously, I've not been blown away by such bad writing since Crash. It's just, <laughs> whew. Uh, I've not laughed so hard since nights in Rodanthe, really. <laughs> and I can't even remember when I felt so cheated after, after out of $11 since... I guess Gothica. I mean, at least I, I ordered a ticket online for Gothica. I had the good sense not to go to Gothica. I pretended I went and wrote a review of the movie based on my vivid imagination and powers of lying. But I decided to go to Nights in Rodanthe because of Diane Lane and because of Richard Gere. Right, mm-hmm. Leanne? Yeah, and because it's your job to actually go see movies. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's part of your job. It's trivial. Yeah. All right. So I went to the 5 o'clock show sure. at the Mann Theater on the Promenade. By 5.03, I leaned over to my friend Eve and said, 
I don't believe anything in this movie. And it's true. I mean, you couldn't have dealt more slop. I mean, the director, the writer, just ladled on to this. It was, I went into hysterics. Okay, let's start with the fact that Christopher Maloney from Law & Order plays Diane Lane's husband, her two-timing husband. So every time he comes into a room, you think he's going to draw a gun. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You just can't get that picture of Christopher Maloney out of your mind, right? Right, right. Richard Gere plays a plastic surgeon with a past, all right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say, all right? Diane Lane is taking some time for herself. She's separated from her husband. So what does she decide to do? Go fill in to be a proprietress of this, you know, computer-generated inn, which is five <laughs> feet from the water on the outer banks of the outer banks. <laughs> and the storms are blowing up. You know, the, you know. Oh, you know, and let me guess. It's who's her guest? There's only one guest. Oh. Richard Gere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Lane basically emotionally vomits all over him <laughs> in the first five minutes while he's eating his dinner salad in the empty dining room in the romantic inn five feet from the water. All right, the storm comes up, mm. the lights go out, and what my friend Eve and I had hoped for, our $11 worth, we thought would take place. Oh, no, 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 the editing is so atrocious. They're basically kissing, and then boom, storm windows going up. I mean, there's, oh. no, there's not even, there's nothing. What was that movie in where they had huh? the super hot scene in New York in the walk-up apartment? What was that, Infidelity, infidelity. or Fidelity? Infidelity. Or... Yeah, yeah, right. Whoa. Oh, well, he, she wasn't with Richard right, that Gere, was, though. She, she was, was cheating on Richard <laughs> Gere, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> with with that, that hot French actor. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. yeah, no, she should have cheated. I mean, but there was no one there to <laughs> cheat with because there was no one in the end. I mean, I put my head between my knees to stop all the howls of laughter. I really tried really hard, but I almost got removed from the theater. Mm. Two people left because of me. All right, but, I mean, I'm telling you. You were making that much noise in the theater? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, all right. Richard Gere, he spends two days with her. Of course, they fall in love in two days. So he has to leave. He has to go back to his home where he practices plastic plastic surgery. I guess it's in Raleigh, all right? Whatever, all right? (laughs) He's driving back to Raleigh. The the inner banks. (laughs) Right. So he, what fool drives down the driveway and then stops the car and runs 100 feet to Diane Lane? I mean, if you're going to run, run like 40,000 feet, like... You know, run run a mile to go see her, you know? He just picks up his feet and does about five little hops, and then he's in her arms again. Oh, yeah. It's just stupid. Back up the car. (laughs) That's the L.A. solution, Sheila. Get the valet to back up the car. That's what you were focusing on? He's not a good runner on Uh screen. He's really not. Okay, Diane Lane. Did he? He didn't do like the fast walk, like officer and a gentleman. <laughs> that was that oh, was not yeah. quite a run. Ooh, that was that just a stride. That's then he comes sexy. into the factory. Yeah, that yeah. was good. That's what we want from yeah. Richard Gear. There's nothing. We got a hundred feet of hopping, basically. <laughs> All right. right All right. Like- Diane Lane, basically telling her belligerent teenage daughter about the two day tryst with Richard Gear. I what? mean, what? I know. Gibby's showing her pictures. Of, of of Richard Gere and, and what it was like in the in the storm in Rodanthe with the Dava. All right, and then the last scene. Oh man, I'm just now you. we're never gonna see yeah. it. So 
Okay. So you're going to tell us how it all turns out? <laughs> yeah. A whole bunch of horses come running down the beach, okay? The horses that were never supposed to go down that far down the beach. Chinkity. Richard Gere. Yeah, whatever. Now, we're, now we're back on the Outer Banks. This is some kind of special horses that they never... computer-generated they're, they're, they're totally fake. All right. So Diane Lane... It's just, you know, recalling her two days and her life and just recounting her entire life. And basically this whole herd of horses starts charging at her. She almost gets trampled. But she's kneeling in the sand, thanking God for the two days in Rodanthe. I mean, these horses are going to kill her. I mean, they're they're gonna, they are gonna if they were real. They are gonna, they are gonna luckily they're fake. Mangle that beautiful face of hers. I mean, it is just insane. This movie, it just. I mean, there's there's nothing. I mean, if you want to go for laughs with your girlfriends, but I mean, seriously, it is horrendous. It's in my top. Three worst movies I've ever seen in my life. All right, and that's with Crash and Gothica, which I didn't see. So guess what? Knights of Rodanthia are in two spots in the top three. I'll put it twice because it's so bad. All right, I I can't give it any sisters for anything except for the fact that at the Man Theater in the Promenade, there happened to be three concessions. Two had people behind it, but only one was open. (laughs) No popcorn. Two out of the three concessions. And it has a don't ask, don't tell policy in the lower level, which I am very thankful for. So when I asked them for a cup of ice, they never said, for what? I'm smuggling soda in. I mean, clearly. (laughs) They said, would you like water? I said, no, just a cup of ice. You know, we got to get to this movie. Come on. And that's it. I mean, what it, I don't it's not even a sister. It's it's just a Sis. it's, it's a token of my appreciation <laughs> for the just the blind eye they turned. I mean, I guess they knew I was going to Knights and Rodanthe and they said we don't care. She's right? going to need the smuggled soda. Exactly. To muffle this, the howls. This has been entertaining, Sheila. Please go forth and entertain cuz this certainly was not entertaining enough wow. at all. Yeah. Wow. Yes. The Knights in Rodanthe Poor Land. Richard Gere. Poor I, Diane Lane. I, you know, I have to say the whole Nicholas Sparks thing, I've never gotten on that bandwagon. I've never seen even The Notebook. Oh, you haven't, see Liam. No, That's cute. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that It, it is cute. This is so not see cute, that though. instead of this. Yeah, uh, it sounds like it. Not even plain worthy. Oh, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, you could laugh so hard in a plane, people would, they, they carry, they, they, uh, call TSA. Call TSA for you. <laughs> okay. Exactly. I mean, that's how loud you would be laughing during right. this movie. All right. Hey, I know you're having another appearance at the M bar that you wanted to mention. I'm well, going to get to my Paul Newman story, but let's speaking do Speaking of thing. entertainment, mm-hmm. I am going to appear at the M bar in Hollywood once again, people. This is coming up on Thursday, October 9th at 8 p.m. It's the M Bar in Hollywood. Yes, it is. I will be posting it at Sister Spot, all the details. Now, here's the thing, people. I am on the bill with many other comics. Okay. So I cannot control what the other comics talk about (laughs) or the color of their comedy. Right, Leanne? That's true, Uh because last time... There, there's definitely some blue language there, and I think some of our regular listeners were you and know, red not, and yellow right, and purple. Right, so they're so, all, you know. So you do not use that kind of language in your act. But not at you all. Cannot control what the other people say. But it will be a big night, eight o'clock. Not too late, but late enough to make you feel like you have a social life. Okay. So there you go. All right. That's Thursday, October 9th. Entertaining Sheila will be appearing at the M Bar in Hollywood. 
It's there is parking, but there's no cover charge, so that's good. Right. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. So information about that is at SatelliteSisters.com. Do you have a theme that night? Yes, it's going to be the um, the bailout. Yes, oh, okay. the bailout oh. is the. But that's. Really? I'm not necessarily going to be talking about the bailout. You're not. I'll be talking about exactly maybe a little Knights and Rodanthea <laughs> push in there. Oh yes. Oh, because I'd like to hear you work some of the bailout math for us. Ballpark some of the numbers. Really on stage. funny, Land. Right. Yeah, that's funny. Hey, you know, we just have a few minutes left here. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention Paul Newman. Obviously, his death last week. So many nice comments on Sister Spot about mm-hmm. that. How sad were you when you heard? I yeah. I I I really, really like teared up oh. in the, in the Even aisle. Even though you knew it was coming right, right. because obviously he had been ill, it was very sad. Do you know, I was in Connecticut last week and I noticed that all the flags were at half-mast. Really? really? Yes. That's I, very nice. Isn't that? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, just an impressive person. Just, I, I just mean, all around. All around. Person. And then you see, like, the film clips of him as a young actor. I know. So dreamy. Wow. You were a little too young, Lee, and you don't really remember all of that, I but know. we do. I yeah. know. Yeah, cat on a hot tin roof. Hug. I mean, I've seen them all, but yeah. not when they were coming out, not yeah. in the moment, because I was a little young. But I did have, you know, we grew up in uh, Fairfield, Connecticut, and Paul Newman lived next door in Westport, Connecticut, which was the much hipper, cooler town than yeah. Fairfield. Five miles away. Very mm-hmm. close. Right. But um, it had it was filled with writers and actors and directors. It was close enough to New York, and it was a little arts community. And for two years, at Christmas time, I wrapped Christmas presents at the Sport Mart on, on Main Street in Westport. You're such a good girl. I know I was. I it was good to the minibus into Westport <laughs> and on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, wrapped the Christmas presents there. And, and you know, it was sporting good. So it was wrapping challenges. Hard to wrap. <laughs> so, and it wasn't like Neiman Marcus level wrapping. You're just trying to get the paper on the, on the tennis racket uh-huh. is basically it. So uh, it was Christmas Eve night. You know, it had been a big season. Everybody was celebrating. The course, store closed at 6. And it was five of six, and I'm the only one left at the wrapping station. And, you know, I've got my Fair Al sweater on and my clogs, and I had that... Remember that red corduroy skirt I wore every day? Yeah. So I had that on. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. And and here comes this guy, and he's got, like, a pair of skis and some silk liners, and it's five of six. And I'm like, you just want to get out of there. Please don't ask me to wrap those. Please don't ask me. (laughs) Like, you remember the, please, please. And, of course, he comes right over to me. Can you wrap the skis? And can you wrap the silk liners, you know, for the gloves separately? And I'm like... Oh, the silk liners? It is five of six on Christmas Eve. You, you can't wrap your room with silk liners? And I'm thinking it's about a 50-year-old guy, you know, somebody's dad buying skis for his mm-hmm. daughter. Mm-hmm. And he has uh, sunglasses on, which was not usual. I mean, first of all, it's pitch dark in Connecticut yeah. in December at 6 o'clock. And it, this was before the Jack Nicholson era when, uh-huh. era when people wore sunglasses sure. all the time. So then he said, could you please wrap the silk liners? And he lifts up his sunglasses. Oh. And it is Paul Newman. So at that point. So those baby blues are asking you to wrap the silk liners. (laughs) You're wrapping the silk liners. (laughs) But I am telling you. So this is the picture. Like Christmas Eve, two minutes of six now. I'm on the floor wrapping the skis. You know I mean, you have to, it's hard to wrap skis. You have to wrangle them down Especially to the floor in a skirt. In a skirt <laughs> the clogs. The clogs are no good. And I know two feet behind me watching me wrap the skis is Paul Newman. My hands were shaking. I could barely get the tape out of the dispenser. dispenser. 
And then I was like wrapping the silk liners, and he was very nice. I handed it to him. I said, "There you go, Merry Christmas, Mr. Newman." He said, "Thank you very much." So, Liam, big moment. Yeah, it was a big moment. So, just wanted to share that story. You never know when you're going to get an opportunity to tell that story again. It is a good one. I mean, I know living in Westport, he was a real citizen of that community. Oh, yeah, we see him all the the time. time. Mm -hmm. But. I actually but even, even though you saw him all the time, every time you did, it was an unbelievable thrill. I know you, you know, wanted to thank It's not like you ever get used to seeing <laughs> Paul Newman. <laughs> Good point, Liz. Excellent point. All right, we're the Satellite Sisters. You know where to find us when we're not here on your iPod or on your computer. We are at SatelliteSisters.com, or you can go to the blog Sister Spot. The International News Roundup is there this week. You can get a link to my article at makinglifebetter.com about sports parenting. That's at our website this week. Lots going on there. All right, sisters, have a great weekend. You too, Leah. Thank you. And yes, don't Leanne. forget, call your satellite sister.